Welcome to the Gals Guide Podcast. Join us on an adventure to get to know famous and infamous women from around the world. Each of our presenters has a pick. Is she ancient history? Is she breaking news? Is she safe for work? Well, that's up to each presenter. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. To Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people, please be aware that this podcast contains the names and images of deceased persons. Welcome back. I'm Leah, and I'm joined by Katie, Bonnie, and Barb, and we are sharing our Australian gal pick. So, Bonnie already shared Julia Gillard. Gillard? Gillard. There we go. Uh, and Barb shared Edith Cohen and Cowan. Cowan. Oh my goodness gracious. Edith <laughs> Cowan. And Katie shared Mary Ryby. But before we dive back in, I want to get to know something random about our gal pals. I really want to know, is there a specific place in Australia that you'd like to visit? I mean, especially after all of our research and all of that kind of good stuff and seeing different parts of Australia. Is there one part that's like, man, I really want to go. I want to see this. After my doing all the research of American suffrage stuff. Yes. And Barb mentoring that part. Yes. So now yep. I'm like, I need to go on a suffrage tour of all the sites. That sounds like Australia. a great idea. It's very fun. Yeah. Because yes. like I know, I don't know, I feel like I know more about New Zealand. Yeah. The first. Right. I know like nothing about Australia's fight for suffrage. Yeah. I would, I would hope it was pretty quick after New Zealand. Right. Exactly. With their buddies. Yes. But There's always a chance. I mean, we were one of the last, so yeah. <laughs> So I would think there should be a grant out there that would right travel research exactly bring back that information to a certain women's history uh, lending library that you know exactly (laughs) I think it'd be great. Well, I have to say I've honestly never thought about this question. Yeah, because I've grown up with a lifelong fear of spiders, so Uh, Australia has always the list (laughs) off the list terrifying to me. Gotcha. (laughs) um but i have to say if i were to go yeah um despite the spider fear i think i'd be most interested in kind of the nature aspect of australia oh yeah some incredibly beautiful parts Mm -hmm. and especially um the ocean i've always loved the ocean yes like the great barrier reef and Mm -hmm. seeing all of that would be super cool yeah if they can eradicate their spiders i'll be there okay Um, okay i'm yeah no promise just get rid of them (laughs) right okay Yeah, some of those photos, I mean, it's just not right. I mean, the size of those spiders, Mm -hmm. it's just not right. Right. Not right. Just unchecked. (laughs) But definitely legislation. I think think that will... We'll do that. That will help. We'll do that. Yes. Um, No ramifications on the ecosystem. The spiders are like, I reject your memo. Right. (laughs) Right. And I'm going to jump at you because that's what they do. They jump or they pounce on you. Yeah, no. Um, So... What comes to mind for me is obviously Sydney, the Sydney yeah, it's Opera gorgeous. House. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in Kansas City. My apartment overlooked uh, one of their performing arts buildings that was actually patterned after the Sydney Opera oh, House. Oh, yeah. It was very lovely. I'd love to see the, the real thing. But beyond that, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love, you know, if they can get the spiders under control, <laughs> uh, the Outback. I mean, the Australian Outback and, yes. and some of that. I would love to see that. I, I'm very fearful uh, of what I read about there. Their spiders and their poisonous 
There's so much romance to it, right? Did yes. you grow up watching yeah. Crocodile Dundee? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Let me get lost in the jungle with yeah. you. You'll protect me. Mm-hmm. No, we've got no. the Steve Irwin of it all, too, yes. of yes. Uh, wrestling crocodiles and learning yes. about, you know, the, the native Australian habitat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Far. Sydney seems safer. Right. <laughs> the Opera House. I'm not sure there's spiders at the Opera House, so maybe I'll just go there. There you go. That's fair. See, I like it. Um, My place that I really want to visit is Bondi Beach. There was this house flipping show where it was basically like turning houses into either Airbnbs or flipping houses. And it all took place. It was a competition show, but it took place on Bondi Beach. And it looks so uh, lovely, quirky, beautiful. And I know that I would want to see a lot of places in Australia, but I would feel bad that if I left Australia and didn't go to Bondi Beach. (laughs) Um, Not only that, but also our daughter said that uh, I can't say Bondi Beach anymore because I said it too often when I was watching the show. She's like, so help me if you name that city one more time. (laughs) Tell her not to tune in. I know, because they also say it every third sentence, basically. Mm. It's like, yeah, so this apartment on Bondi Beach. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, so I... I really want to go and experience it. And I'm just hoping maybe one of the Hemsworths is surfing nearby. (laughs) Just, you know, checking out the local scenery. Just one. I'm not picky. Right. Right. (laughs) You're not even being greedy. No. Just Uno. Mm -hmm. Mm, Exactly. Very nice. (laughs) All right. So do you want to know who I have picked for you? Absolutely. So the gal that I picked was born in Australia, but I am going to take you to Ireland, to London, and to Minnesota. I know, right? So uh, I picked to share Sister Elizabeth Kenny. Uh, she created new treatments for polio. So uh, the the TRDL, the too long didn't read, is she revolutionized the idea of physical therapy. Uh, but it's a whole big journey of like how she actually got there. So she was born in 1880. So right in these yep. 1880s gals, uh, she was born in New South Wales. Her dad was Irish. Her mom was a native Australian. Uh, When Elizabeth was 17, she fell off a horse. She didn't steal a horse, but she fell off a horse and she broke her wrist. Uh, And her doctor, Achaeus MacDonald, or I should say his anatomy books that he had, it sparked her interest in medicine Uh, because she spent a lot of time, you know, physical therapy or at least like looking at her wrist and stuff like that and trying to figure out, could she be able to use her wrist again? Was it going to be broken? Was it going to heal right? Um, and she would read a lot of his uh, books that he had uh, in his clinic. And it really kind of sparked her interest in it. Now, she didn't go to school to be a nurse. Uh, there's a chance that either it wasn't an option for her to have formal yep, training absolutely. as a nurse. Yep. Um, or it's a strong chance she just learned by volunteering. She worked at a small maternity mm-hmm. hospital in Gyra in New South Wales. So she it could have been learning on the job kind of situation as well. Um, in her 30s, she was a bush doctor, which is basically a house call nurse. She didn't like being called a bush doctor, but other people called her a bush doctor. Uh, and she was a bush doctor in Nobby on Darling Downs. Nobby is the town and Darling Downs is the farming region. I just like saying okay, Nobby on Darling just, Downs, right? I, I love that. This is so cute. I love that. <laughs> well, get this. She would ride on horseback. And she would just help anybody who asked who needed medical attention Aww. without pay. So you're just on horseback, knobby of Darling Downs. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Live in your life as a bush doctor. Yeah. Fighting um, with the spiders. I know. Right. Well, probably spiders. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. most of the ailments do you need help is the spider bite. <laughs> mm. 
Don't no, know you're for just sure. Dead. <laughs> I'm convinced. Be like that was spiders, obviously. Yeah, yeah no, it's true. <laughs> uh, well, during World War One, Elizabeth really wanted to serve, so she was 35 years old when World War One uh, broke out, and she took the month long trip uh, to London by boat. Uh, She was a member of the Australian Army Nursing Service, and she was in the Australian Imperial Force. Hmm. Um, It just makes her sound like a stormtrooper. I'm just saying. It really does. The Imperial Force, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So it was in the military service that she was promoted to the title of sister. So sister, in her context, is not a uh, religious Religious. thing. Um, The closest it could be related to is like a first lieutenant in the military. Um. So that is how she got her title of sister. And it's a military rank. And she actually used it for most of her life, actually. Um, So the ship that she was on, or sorry, she served with the number one section, the sea transport staff. The ship was the HMAT Suvik. And it was dark, or it was codename the dark ship. Uh, It was codenamed the dark ship. Uh, because the boat was actually the one that would sail soldiers back from the war zone to Australia for rehabilitation or uh, if they didn't make it. she was That same ship was then also new recruits that would then be taken from Australia to the war front, as well as like goods and services and things like that. So it was the black ship in the sense of we're really just trying to like get through this through the war zone um, and get as many people back as we can. And so she was a nurse on that ship helping injured soldiers uh, as it went back and forth. She made between either eight or 12. I had different research numbers of how many times she went back and forth. Um, And she was in service for the, the four years of, uh, of the main conflict of the war and just went back and forth and back and forth. Uh, when she came home from the war, she went back on horseback because I think it's got to just be really cool, right? Just, you know, the home nursing, right? Um, she then set up a clinic of her own and Elizabeth became, uh, in that time with her clinic, the president of the Queensland Country Women's Association, the mm-hmm. Nobby branch. So there's on your tour, Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Queensland Country Women's Association. Um, also, Elizabeth invented and patented an ambulance stretcher called the Sylvia. Uh, it was designed to reduce shock and transport of injured patients. Oh, nice. She was yeah. seeing that, you know, my goodness, they were already injured and then putting them they on these stretchers and putting them in. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, so she has a patent, actually, on the Sylvia stretcher. Very cool. Uh, uh, then very in- ingenious, especially because yeah, there'd right? be so much travel involved. Yes. With such a giant country. And, and long things rides. So yes. much uh, yeah. isolation out in the country and yeah. everything. You could be more injured just in transport. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> then while you're while you're ducking those spiders too. Sure. Like, yes. You two. You two and the spiders. <laughs> I'm just. It's a, it's adorable oh. thing. <laughs> well, around the age of 52, Elizabeth started her own clinic in Townsville uh, to help specifically polio and cerebral palsy patients. But her methods were completely different. So now the context here is this is 1932 that we're talking about. And the polio vaccine, the IPV, was not available to the public until 1955. So we're talking it's a long ways out before we even have a vaccine for it. Um, Queensland also at the time was suffering its highest (laughs) number of polio cases in 30 years. So it was a serious rise and epidemic uh, across the country. 
So the care that was promoted at the time was immobility. It was the use of braces or casts or even worse. That was the main treatment option. Elizabeth developed treatments that were designed to get the brain to find new connections to the legs and arms, to the limbs. She was very much like, well, your brain has stopped talking to your limbs. Let's see if we can wake them up a bit. So her treatments were hot baths, floor exercises, and massages. And there was results. There was successes. Very cool. But when she demonstrated this to the doctors in Brisbane... She was they laughed it. at oh, it. No, they shocker. hated it more than they hate spiders. <laughs> uh, but worse yet, she actually also experienced near total medical opposition. Oh, they just gosh. tried to destroy her and all of her medical expertise. That's not how we do the medicine. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Quiet woman. Exactly. But <laughs> Sister Kenny persisted. Right? She did. Uh, she published two books because, you know, books. <laughs> Good for her. She also opened more clinics. Ha ha. Uh, and then she was asked to come to England by the patient or by the parents of polio patients. So uh, here are, you know, uh, English parents that are like, hey, my kids are suffering from this. Will you come here? I will pay for you to come and try these treatments and help uh, the people here if your country is deciding to laugh at you the whole time. Um, so not only did they pay her fare, but they worked out with Queen Mary, Queen's Mary Hospital to have two wards. So she Ooh. did treatments in two nice. wards. But the English doctors were very shocked, is the way that they word it. It's very British. They were shocked at her methods and treatments, but they worked. And so they kept doing them as well. Uh, when she came back with Australia, she was, quote, greeted with a report from the Royal Commission of Leading Queensland Doctors, which damned her methods. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. A report. <laughs> Here's this paper. We don't like you. Exactly. <laughs> Stop helping people. <laughs> You're not so smart. But then the weird thing was, is at the same time, she was also given a ward at the Brisbane General Hospital. Hmm. So they said, we don't like your methods. Stop Mixed doing this. Messages By the way, there. here's some kids you can help. <laughs> this is a throwback to the book, uh, Women in White Coats, that we read. Oh, and just see? all of the opposition. Of don't and then yes. do. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Uh, so this was one of her uh, superintendents, one of her supervisor, Audrey Pye said of Elizabeth uh, that and of the patients, it said it stated that her patients recovered more quickly than those treated by the orthodox method. But the medical profession largely ignored her. Right. So that's her boss. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you have this juxtaposition where the medical profession is ridiculing her and just kind of hoping she'll stop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe if we just keep embarrassing just her away. enough. Yeah, she'll yeah. just go away. Uh, but she's actually making a difference in polio patients and cerebral palsy patients' life. Uh, then the 1940s happen. The 1940s, the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, asks her to come and visit. Um, and now Sister Kenny's naysayers were not only in Australia, uh, but New York and Chicago also didn't like her as well. They did not like her methods. But the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota was different. And this is where my bias is really going to show. And I'm going to be totally uh, like fluid about it because uh, my aunt worked at the Mayo Clinic. 
And when the Dalai Lama is having his health checks, he goes to the Mayo Clinic. So the Mayo Clinic started because there was three tornadoes that went through this very small town of Rochester, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It was the tornadoes were in 1883, and it just devastated like the entire uh, city. So the doctor of the town, Dr. W.W. W. Mayo, joined forces with the Sisters of St. Francis Covenant, and they joined together to help the community, helping the need, they opened a hospital together. And it, Mayo Clinic has always been this merge of the doctors will take care of the patient's physical body, and the sisters will take care of their spirit. And it's just this beautiful blending that Mayo has like always had of body-mind, and they're open to all faiths, but it started with the sisters opening their doors so they could actually treat people. So... My point in saying all that is visionaries see other visionaries and those who help people find other people who are trying to help people. So it's like a perfect freaking match <laughs> for the Mayo Clinic to be like, hold on, this lady brilliant. Let's bring her over to us. <laughs> Show us your ways. Exactly. And she did. So Sister Kenny, um, she is at Mayo, which is far more established now than just, you know, the, the convent helping them out. Um, their intentions very much were the same, which were to help people using less painful methods. That's very much what Sister was trying to do, and that's what the Mayo Clinic was trying to do, and, and less, still does. And less invasive methods yes. as well. Right. Instead of just cutting things off or yes. embracing things yes. or, yeah, immobilizing. It's like, wait, the whole life. A lot of times it was Correct. kids that came down yes. with polio yes. at young ages. So, mm-hmm. um, So Sister Kenny took on patients at the Mayo Clinic. Then at the Minneapolis General Hospital, but she couldn't meet the demand. There was so many patients. So the Minneapolis, the Minopedia, if you will, it's like Wikipedia, mm-hmm. but it's, it's Minnesotaopedia, uh, states, okay. quote, uh, many parents wanted Sister Kenny to care for their children. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just overwhelming. So the Minneapolis Board of Public Welfare got involved and found her a building. They also found her a house as well, (laughs) which was quite nice. Uh, So the Elizabeth Kenny Clinic opened December 17th, 1942. The practices and its methods were taught and used in the building. And what Elizabeth was laughed at, what they called for the very first time was rehabilitation medicine. That's what the building was called. And that's where it was uh, kind of coined and started to be used. So if you're just learning about Sister Kenny, which is also the same for me, even though I, you know, was born in Minnesota, I have never seen the the Sister Kenny <laughs> clinic ever. Um, but when I was researching her, Elizabeth is proper famous. Like, she's actually really, really famous. Um, she published a biography, and then her book was made into a movie. The movie starred Rosalind Russell, who is gorgeous to look at and does very good in biopics. Rosalind Russell was nominated for an Academy Award for her performance as Sister Kenny. um, And she won a Golden Globe for it as well. Wow. Right? Yet haven't heard of her. So that's that's the thing that's so odd. She really was proper famous. (laughs) Uh, Her book is called And They Shall Walk, which, you know, when you think of polio patients, the idea of They Shall Walk. That was published in 1942. The movie is called Sister Kenny, so it's named after her. And that was made by RKO in 1946. RKO is also was a major studio at the time. 
She had lunch with U.S. President Roosevelt, who himself was believed to have polio, oh, although right. he wouldn't say it, right? You know how he's yeah. like, oh, no, I just have a condition. My legs are cold. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll up. stand on occasion. Well, okay. But they, uh, they had lunch together. Uh, in 1950, Elizabeth uh, and U.S. President Harry Truman met, and Harry Truman actually gave her the rare honor, which was free access to the United States without any entry formalities. Nice. She could come and go as she pleased, as she pleased without having to worry about any of it. And I'm like, that was a thing? <laughs> In the 50s? If you lunch with the president, I yeah, guess so. Right? Exactly. So I liked it. Um, now, Sister Kenny, like all of us, was not perfect. She would be really nice to patients, and then she'd be really harsh to her fellow doctors. She also wasn't always right. I mean, she was dealing with a medical profession where it was like kind of learn by doing. And she also learned from other people and didn't always give them credit. So this is what some of her naysayers, the people who were trying to destroy her, would say. Uh, But she was highly criticized by doctors, again, who didn't like that she was bucking against the status quo. We do it this way, and we only do it this way. Um, But what she did, and according to the Australian Dictionary of Biography, it says, although her views on pathology and disease were not generally accepted, she made significant contributions towards the treatment of poliomyelitis and stimulated fresh thinking. That is Australian for saying the best compliment they can possibly give. (laughs) (laughs) And I like stimulating fresh thinking. Yeah. Even if it's bucking against. We need that. On a bumper the, sticker. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stimulate fresh thinking. Yeah. I like it. Um, so Elizabeth Kenny developed Parkinson's uh, and died of the disease of the blood flow to her brain. It's it's always a disease I can never quite say, but it's the blood blockage in your brain. She never married. She did adopt a daughter named Mary, who was also in the medical field. So when she oh, went wow. to Mayo, uh, Mary was right there with her. Um, she did have one more book released after she died. It was called My Battle and Victory. And it was about her time in World War One. It was released in 1955. And in Nobby for Bonnie's Glorious Visits, there is a Sister Kenny Memorial House. And it opened nice. to the public in 1997. Nice. So it nice. took some time, but it opened up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also a Sister Elizabeth Kenny Memorial Fund that provides scholarships to students attending the University of Southern Queensland who dedicate themselves to rural and remote areas of Australia. So that keeps her legacy continuing as well. Love that. Hopefully some more bush doctors. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, I thought she was amazing and I really thought that I was researching a nun for the longest time. (laughs) (laughs) I had never heard that before, though. It's sister is bestowed as a yeah. a military title yeah. instead of a religious title. So that was One new. step lower is matron. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that either. So, and it, it, this is probably just for the ladies. Yes, <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. But I've never heard that. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. And I can't say for sure whether it's like a Navy thing, like if it's just a those on right. boats right. kind of thing, right. the part of the military, yeah. but I thought it was neat. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Very right. cool. <laughs> Sweet. Any questions about Sister Kenny? Glorious mm-hmm. Sister Elizabeth. Should I wrap us up for the whole month? Sure. Do it. Oh Do my it. goodness gracious. Well, that wraps up Australian Gals Month. So join us next week as we get those passports ready and we venture to the next continent of Africa and we explore its many beautiful countries as we possibly can. Until next time. 
Want to learn about more women of history? Gals Guide opened a unique women's history lending library. Come visit and explore our collection. Learn more at galsguide.org. Thanks for listening.